Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. It is time for another Myth Monday episode. I am your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell. And today, we're going to be talking about the wise old owl. You know, Ben and I were fortunate enough for many years to actually get to to work with owls, um, hands-on with them, Mm -hmm. travel with them, teach with them, train them, uh, the husbandry side of them. Uh, it was really cool. So we got to really experience what owls were like. We got, can't wait to share some of those stories with you. But before we do, let's give thanks. The thanks I want to give today is really the scripture, God's word. So thankful for it. So thankful that we have it, that we have access to it, and that uh, it's really not restricted to us at this time. It's free to free to read, free to have, free to live. That's a little deeper than I was going to go, Ben, but thank you for sharing. <laughs> Just, it was all my heart, man. Had to share. Yeah, we, you know, we don't share what we're gonna give thanks for before we start. So one of us may be all deep and sentimental for the day, and and the other not so much. And today I'm not so much, but I am truly thankful for exercise equipment. It is Thanksgiving <laughs> week. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna put it down on Thursday. I'm ready for that. I love a good Thanksgiving meal. Some of the old German recipes that my mom whips up um, that were my grandmother's. I, I can't wait for it. I love to sit around and watch football with the family and and eat. And we live in a place and have this the surplus to do that, and I, I think that makes us wealthy, and that it does. And that feels good. So uh, hitting a, hitting a couple extra workouts this week to prepare for that. So I'm I'm thankful for uh, you're you're thankful for that access to the Bible. I'm thankful for access to exercise equipment today. <laughs> That's perfect. That's good. That's good and combo. that may or not be wise, and owls may or not be may or not be wise, but that is the exact thing we're going to talk about today. You know, if you read in children's books or even adult books, movies, commercials. I think there's an insurance commercial. The owl is considered to be a wise animal. It represents wisdom. Wisdom. But the real question is, are they really wise? And through our experiences of working with them, we're here to tell you they're not. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're not. not. As they're a matter not. <laughs> of fact, I've worked with nearly 50 different species of animals in, in my career as a biologist, and they're one of the dumber ones that I've worked with, to be honest with you. You, know, you used the word hus- husbandry earlier. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to do a lot of that. I just did the handling and, and educating on. I take the the animals out on programs and talk about them and kind of relate them to people, how they can impact uh, people and how people impact them. But when I took out owls, I loved to take them out. Like there is something about an owl that when you look at it is grand. Like if you stare at the, the face of an owl, it's there's just something there. But that's it. <laughs> and that might be kind of where they're, the myth comes They're not from. very smart. I and, mean. And I want to be clear, too. I love owls. Right. I loved working with them. Me, too. I love learning about them. I love sharing them with other people. I love seeing the excitement that people get when they get to see owl because it is exciting when we see them, even though a, a lot of places that people live, even urban areas, owl populations are pretty good, yep. but they're nocturnal, and we're not, so we don't see them a whole lot. I and mean, they're really cool animals. Right. They're they're amazing. So that's why when, when we've heard and we would see that this old wise owl, you know, Winnie the Pooh, that's what always comes to mind, the Winnie the Pooh, um, man, I always thought they were wise, and just like you said well, when we yeah, took them Bambi. out. Bambi. Bambi was Bambi. another one with yeah. friend owl. Yep. Yeah. They really aren't. 
they're, they're really not. They're not that wise. But and, and there's some there's some studies, some scientific studies and stuff to show that. And then if you look at actually some f- physiological data and ratios, that's going to show you. Nah, they're probably not that smart. And then we're going to share some stories that <laughs> kind of show that they're not really that smart. <laughs> but where does this even come from? Where where does this this myth that owls are these wise old animals? Why are they the representation? of of that where does it come from you know my guess is is greek mythology is that where it's at yeah greek mythology so the the greek goddess of greek mythology greek um athena athena uh, athena she was the goddess of wisdom and war which is interesting to me to pair those two things together because is war really wise i don't know that's a whole that's a whole other thing we could go down <laughs> but it was just weird that wisdom and war were paired together that's what she's goddess of but she befriended an owl and this owl went with her everywhere in her travels. You know, you'll see depictions of her with it setting on her shoulder. And mm. because she was the goddess of wisdom and considered, it was considered wise how she even tricked the owl to come down and be hers. Um, that became the picture of what wisdom was, was the owl. And that is not in every culture. That's kind of well, a more of a yeah. Western culture thing. Um, if you look back at what our Native Americans believe and even actually what the Bible references about owls, they're kind of... Uh, it talks about their their sound, the hoot of owls being more of this mourning, this dark side representing death. Um, so not so much about wisdom. Um, and then there's even some cultures um, in the East that are actually the opposite of that. They they're almost scared of owls. Like don't talk about owls, don't do pictures of owls, and yeah. and so it's really a Western thing, but. If you live in North America, you have definitely heard before the wise yeah. old owl. Yeah, you have. So what I've does that even heard, mean, though? If we know it came from them, what's right. wise mean? What's wise mean? So we turn to what is what is the definition of wise? The definition of wise is really having or showing. So having or showing what? And there's three things. Experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Mm. So when we talk about the word wise... Some people may say, well, that person's, man, they've got a lot of knowledge. They've got a lot of information. That doesn't make them wise. You, by definition, really have to have all three. You have to have experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So that's what we identify as wisdom. As we turn into the Bible, I believe it's James. Uh, James 3 is, man, if you haven't read James, get into James. It's awesome. But James 3 really defines two types of wisdom. So two experiences, two examples of what wisdom is. Um, You have... All one side called demonic and the other called heavenly. Mm-hmm. You can see it, James 3, um, I believe it's 14. It says, um, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So there is two types of wisdom. You have that type. And then we have what James also shares in James three seventeen, And I'll read that. It says, but the wisdom from above is pure. Then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. So we do have two types of wisdom. I know that when we look at what wise is, we've shared that, and hopefully those listening want to relate to the heavenly wisdom definition of wise. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that the owl doesn't have either of those. Nope. Yeah, they, they they really don't. You know, on the physiological side, just, just to show a couple of things, they've ran some similar tests with owls that they have done with, with crows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, crows and ravens are, are considered parrots. They're not considered parrots. Let me 
say that all correctly, and my mind was going faster than my mouth in that moment, but crows, ravens, parrots, vultures are all considered some of the smartest birds um, in, in the bird world, and they've ran some of the same tests utilizing thinking and tools. Right, tools. That's where the key. crows and ravens are able to use them and pull strings and, and almost strategize, and an owl doesn't. Right. There were a few in the in the case that did, but it was almost it was it was such a low ratio that it was like it was just by chance where they were almost playing. You could clearly see that these owls were not using these tools. Right. Well, they made it simple. So for that, the, you're talking about the owls that were able to perform. You know, it was maybe just using their beak, grabbing a piece of string, and pulling it Correct. down to get a food. Yep. Whereas a crow, they're the test that some of these crows and ravens were passing is is actually the, these tests were more difficult than what maybe even humans could pass on some of them right. for, for certain humans so well they they say you know there's some ravens crows vultures that that have the intelligence of like a toddler like a three or yeah. four year old human right um and, and we've worked with them and they're much easier uh i'll speak for vultures a vulture is the easiest thing that i've ever worked with to train they they really are with that being said, once you get past the, they're so smart that they understand behavior. Yeah. And they're going to test you once you get past their tests and display some behavior to them and build some trust. You have to build trust with them. They are the easiest to train. They really are because it, they learn your words, they learn your mannerisms, they learn how to use the tools. I mean, they they really are awesome animals, even though they're kind of gross because they eat carry on all the time. Right. But, you know, and I guess we're how we're judging owls is comparison to other birds that we are identifying as being smart. Right. You know, so with the... In comparison to most other birds, like, right. say, a, a cardinal and an owl, right. they're, they're going to be about the same. But if you're looking at that the intelligence hierarchy of birds or even animals in general, an owl is not up there. They're not right. up there with the smarter ones. Right. They're more down with the masses. Exactly. Um, you know... I've taken owls out on programs, um, great horned, barred owls. Um, I'll just kind of stick with those two. You know, the owls that we came in contact with, Brian, that we had the opportunity to to take care of and to teach with, they are they they actually had some some issues. Well, they're rehab animals. The rehab animals. Yeah. So, could have been something with their brain. Could have been, uh, you know, uh, couldn't move their wing, couldn't fly, whatever that is. They they'd all been part of some kind of uh, traumatic physical injury in their past and they couldn't yeah. be released to the wild. Right. And so to compare that to one that's maybe out wild, I don't know. You know, maybe one that's out on that tree has a little more, uh, has better judgment maybe, <laughs> right? But 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 for the ones that we're taking out, I mean, these owls were goofy, man. And I loved them because it was like this, this just goofy <laughs> character about all of them. And um, some were worse off than others in regards to they really couldn't hardly stand up on their own sometimes, right. so they'd fall down or fall over, and and uh, it just brings me a lot of joy thinking about some of those programs because it's funny. They did have personalities to them, you know, in, in a way, um, but they weren't as smart, just like you're talking about, as a turkey vulture. That turkey vulture, Brian, it knew what glove I would put on or wouldn't put on. Mm-hmm. And there'd be sometimes in, in just quick motion and movement of trying to, to get from point A to B so quickly, I'd put on a short glove. And that turkey vulture would know it and would l- try to bite me between the short glove and my shirt every time because yeah. it was smart. It just knew it was like ready for Ben to grab the wrong glove. 
When I grabbed the right one, there was never a problem. Whereas when I would take an owl out, it you could just tell it never it was never thinking about how can I get him. Right. And, and what I mean is you'd also take the turkey vulture, and as you were walking around the, the transportation cage that we would take them out in, the turkey vulture would, would like watch you through the little holes in this cage and like follow you and like stare you down. Well, even the way even the way when they were on your perched on your arm, the way they looked at your face, like yeah. they were reading you, they, reading you. And an owl is just like that. Owl didn't even care that I was walking that. by it. Yeah, yeah. there just was just such a difference. The owl only reacted to the response when I was literally a foot with him to engage. Yeah. And and not saying owls are not awesome, but again, they're just. They don't have that wisdom that we put them on this pedestal to yeah. have. Do you mind to elaborate on the the glove thing a little bit? The the difference between the two. How he you said you had different gloves. What was the difference? Well, it was the length of the gloves. So right. depending on what animal, um, you know, Brian did the husbandry and did the training, and and you know he's the one that's going to like share with us. Hey, this is how I train this bird with this glove or with this thing. But for birds that um, can definitely want to walk up your arm, or they're larger in stature, they're they're bigger, where they can actually get a hold of, they can use their beak and bite you. Yeah. Okay. You need to have you you need to be covered, and there's longer gloves that's going to go up to your armpit. On some people, um, you may have a glove that only comes up to the the uh, the elbow on your arm it really depends on the species the bird and right and what kind of what kind of impact they can have on your arm yeah well with the vultures even i mean they have moods yeah and then there's people that they like and that they don't like it's true and then there's like i said they're gonna do little things to test and see what they can get away with right. they even knew when people pick them up to handle them that weren't supposed to be handling them i can remember one instance we got back from a late late trip and we were all rushing, putting animals away, getting things cleaned up. I mean, we're talking, it's like, I don't know, 12, 1 in the morning. We mm-hmm. just, we were done. We all wanted to be done. And somebody that was not trained to put one of the vultures away grabbed the vulture because they'd handled other animals. I felt confident. And they put the wrong glove on. And this bird knew, this bird knew this person's not, I'm not supposed to be with this person. I don't know this person. Right. And that vulture lit her up. Big time. I mean, biting and scratching and, and really, really did some physical damage to her arm. And an owl wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> they, no. they wouldn't do that. They well, would. and the difference, too, in, in an owl, you can really feel it in their feet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when some of these owls, when they would get knocked off balance or, or would get uncomfortable, I mean, they can lay down some... I mean, they can squeeze hard, right? Yeah. Turkey vultures can't. But that the power of the beak of that turkey vulture, I mean... It is designed to tear and rip flesh. So when when that that turkey vulture saw the exposed arm, it was like, oh, baby, let's see what we can get away with. It and I mean, it, it doesn't feel good. It, oh, it hurts it very really bad. Hurts. I mean, it drew blood multiple areas on yeah. this individual. And she learned her lesson, you know, of following following the, the yeah. plan that we have to, for these animals so that it protects you and them. But, but yeah, and yeah. there was no malice there. They were truly trying to help, but there, yeah. there was this kind of not understanding of what could happen, you know, and, right. and owls, owls are not going to do that. You know, that you're talking about their feet. I can remember a lot of times that that shows out in public and we'd always set up barriers, you know, where people could only get so close to us and we were in charge and in control. Hey, whoa, 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 right there. You had to kind of sometimes be assertive with the public because people get so excited or they mm-hmm. want to touch. But if, if you were holding an owl and a dog, Right. Somebody with a dog, you know, a lot of places where we were, say it was outside or sometimes we were in 
in stores where people could bring their dogs up, up on a leash, that owl, you knew he wasn't happy because of how hard his talons were squeezing your arm. And, you know, through the glove, I wouldn't say it was painful, but it could definitely cut the circulation off to your fingers. It does, yeah. And especially sure. on the bones in your arms where they're getting hold of. Mm-hmm. You know, you reminded me of these these birds, any bird that we took out, they knew what was going on around us more than we did. Absolutely. So when we talk about an owl being wise or not, it has eyes, ears, it can see and it knows what's going on around it, usually faster than we do as humans, which right. is crazy. However, when you have the owl on your arm, it almost wasn't smart enough to say, I want to pester you, the trainer. I want to mess with you. It was truly more aware of what is going on around me. Right. And if it wasn't right, then it wanted to get off your arm. It wanted to get away. Well, what what gives it that awareness are some of its physiological features. And the presence of those physiological features are also give us hints and, and can kind of tell us, well, they're probably not actually that intelligent or wise, if you want to use that word. And a couple of those that I'd like to point out is that if you look at the brain, the actual brain structure and the brain parts of an owl, first of all, their brain's quite small. But if you actually look at the structure of it, 75% of their brain, 75%, three quarters of their brain is 100% completely devoted to seeing and hearing. And that's because they are hunters and they're survivors. And so that that's really their life. That's what they're designed to do. And they are amazing at it. They really are. So obviously their brain is designed, I believe, by God to excel in the areas that they're supposed to excel at. So that only leaves 25% for them to even really have any cognitive function anyway. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, their brain is small because their head is small. So if you actually take the ratio of their head and body, so the size of their head compared to the size of their body, it's much smaller than most birds. Their head is much smaller compared to their body than most birds. So they don't really even have a big brain for their size to begin with. If you've been around birds at all, I don't care if it's a, a chicken, whatever whatever kind of bird it is, when you pick a bird up, you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is so light for the size that it looks like. And then if you really start feeling or, um, you know, I've I've been um, to some clinics where I've actually got to, to necropsy birds that were deceased and you would be amazed at how small they truly are. Right. I can remember the first time I worked on a red-tailed hawk. I laid this thing on its back and its wings were like five feet long. And then as you peel back the feathers and the skin and it's like, there's nothing here. It's so, they're so, so small to begin with. So there really isn't much brain there. And if most of it's devoted to eyesight and hearing, then there's not a lot left for cognitive function. Right. You know, you, you talk about the hawk. That's another example. We had a hawk, um, and they were, they seemed to be a little more, um, more intelligent than Al. And I say that because some of the hawks we had, would would try to climb up your arm. Uh-huh. And that was a constant thing that it would try to like like uh, pester you the trainer with of like I'm not going to stand on this glove. I'm going to slowly inch my way up your arm until you correct me. Like it felt like that. Whereas that owl again, it sets in one spot. It either wants to fly away or it stays there. It, fly, right. it wants to fly away or it stays there. There's like no game. There's no thought process like some of the hawks like the turkey vulture some of these other birds we worked with. Even the bald eagle. I mean owls uh Owls are awesome, but not very wise. They're not. You know, I can remember several instances, and and different owls would do this. You've got them on your arm, um, and and when you're handling an owl, uh, they have what's called anklets, which is basically leather bracelets around their leg. 
Um, and then tied to those was what's called a Jess, and it's basically two leather straps, and then you have a lead that you kind of ring up to those. So you have the lead in, in your right hand, and then you're holding in your other hand the Jesses, and then they're allowed to, to stand and kind of walk on your arm a little bit, but you still have control of them. You're not holding their feet. You're not holding their wings. You're not touching their body at all. They're just standing on you, and if they were to fly or fall away, they're not going anywhere because you have hold of them. So as you're holding their dresses, sometimes these owls, they would just like a tree falling over, fall off your arm. And then they just hang there. And mm-hmm. so there's a procedure of uh, the safe way to handle them and get them back up onto your arm. But most other birds that I'm handling, they didn't really do that. Right. <laughs> they didn't just pitch off my arm and hang upside down like I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And, and sometimes these owls would just be upside down just just flapping and i'm like well why'd you do that let me help you here um and it was it was it was like you you are not thinking you're not capable of thinking they of all the species that we handled it was just like they they are goofy that was the word you use that's a good word lovable trainable but but goofy just goofy two things that come to mind that i want to share one is that if you ever look into an owl's face there is something about it that is mesmerizing. Like um, somebody shared the example of like looking at them almost makes you feel like you're looking at another human, where their eyes are, the way their face is rounded, mm-hmm. um, kind of gives them this animal more of a human feeling, you know, and, and maybe that's why we think they're they're so smart because they, they have those characteristics. Yep. I don't know. But, you know, moving in from the, the indoor, you and I, the animals we've handled, let's move to the ones that are wild. The wild owl that's out in the tree still doesn't bring more wisdom. I think the owl is, is if I am to drive down the road and I was to collect dead animals, the bird I think I would find the most that was that was dead along the side of the road would be an owl. Yeah. And they can't learn from that. I mean, I know we've talked in episodes past that uh, owls hunt in a lower region than other, you know, hawks or other birds are going right. to come lower to the ground to hunt. And because of that... We're hitting them with our cars, right? But there's no learning that takes place from that. Every year, I, I see just as many owls dead along the side of the road. I actually saw two on the way in this morning yeah. for this podcast today. Saw two. Well, that, that's why we had so many owls to, t- to teach with. that They were injured, and a lot of them were hit by vehicles because of, one, they hunt along roads. Like, right. why not go somewhere else? Right. They hunt along roads, um, and the way that they swoop down to get something is low. So they would pitch from one side of a road low. They don't do the straight bomb down like a hawk or a falcon. They do this low, almost back J-shaped flight um, right in front of cars. So they do get hit by cars all the time. I see barred owls laying on the shoulder at least once a week around here. I see them laying on the shoulder. So they don't learn from that. They don't learn from seeing other birds do that. They don't learn from seeing a dead bird there. to kind of back that up more, one of the best ways, if you are having nuisance crows, ravens, or even hawks, is to hang an effigy, which would mm-hmm. be I did. A, a, either a, a true dead animal or a stuffed one mm-hmm. or some kind of fake semblance of their species. If you, I have chickens. That's how I learned this, that if you want to keep those birds away, hang, and they, they know like, oh, man, there's a dead one of me. I shouldn't go over there. Doesn't work for owls. Doesn't work for owls. Doesn't work for right. owls. They just don't. It doesn't recognize that there's no right. cognition. I guess you right. Call it. Yeah. They don't put. They don't put two and two together on that. You know, there's a there there's a, a old nursery rhyme that says, 
it's called the wise old owl nursery rhyme. And in that rhyme, it says, the more he heard, the less he spoke. And the less he spoke, the more he heard. Now, if that is really true about the owl, I do think that is wise. And that's something, uh, the Bible actually has some very similar verbiage to that old nursery rhyme. But man, that is something I feel like if I could put into my life that it would honestly make my whole life better. And I've told myself over again, well, just speak less. But it's so easy. It's so easy because we want people to know what we want to know. Or we want people to know what we know. We mm-hmm. want to show them how smart we are. We want them to like us. So we, we're going to share what what we think we know. Um, but if, if you looked at the Bible, it's going to say just the opposite. If you look at this nursery rhyme, it's just going to say the opposite. So if that really were some truth about an owl, then I would say that they're wise. But obviously, it's just a song that we're well, made if, up. But if the owl wrote that... Yeah, if the owl wrote this, he would be. So we have to look at actually who wrote that, right? And that's where wisdom comes from. Is again, it goes back to the. It really started from the word. The word shares a lot about wisdom, and that's where us as humans get a lot of our information for wisdom from. And I do want to share the the. This is from Proverbs, chapter seventeen, verse twenty-eight. It says, "Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is perceived intelligent." And so maybe that could be said about an owl. Could be. They don't hoot a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. they're out, not out singing all the time. I have had a uh, a great horned owl pitch up on my chimney before that it was just echoing through the whole house that I thought maybe maybe he should uh, close his mouth and not be perceived a fool. <laughs> but from most, they're going to hoot once or twice, do what they need to do, and they're not going to be out singing like a robin or, or a cardinal that just goes on and on. So maybe there is a little alignment there with, with the old nursery rhyme and the owl and its wisdom. You know, Ben, I was fortunate enough um, in, in, in our time training and working with animals the way that we did. I was fortunate enough to go um, on a few different trips and work with some animals that weren't part of our organization and learn from some other people. And that was actually where I got to learn um, flight training, how to actually fly a bird and how to train a, a bird in flight. So the first bird of prey that I ever flew, meaning another person was down, we'll say down range of me, and we flew this bird back and forth. So the first bird that it, I ever flew was actually a barn owl. And it blew me away because you look at these whether it's a barn owl, a great horned owl, a barred owl, they're pretty good-sized birds. They really are. Uh-huh. They're, they're big birds, and they fly so fast and so silent. They're amazing hunters. They have these huge, powerful talons. Uh, we, you read and you teach about how when they hit their prey, you kill them instantly. And so I'm just preparing for getting hit by a little mini linebacker. And we're probably about 100 yards apart, and I made my signal. And here comes this bird. It pitches pitches off the, the trainer's arm. I've got my arm out. And here it comes to me. And boy, it gets close and it does that thing where it drops down and it's going to come up to land. And I'm bracing. And it was like a feather landing on my arm. It wasn't slow. It was super fast. But the power and the grace, the, I mean, just so graceful. It was like I wasn't prey. Uh-huh. And it was coming to just land, and it I, I was just blown away that it didn't feel like anything. Opened my hand for its reward, it got its little piece of meat out of my hand, and then it did. It, it just stood there, and it was almost like you could feel the weight of that bird now that it was standing on you, but when it landed, it was like 
almost like it didn't exist. Like, did you just land on me? And I was just totally blown away by that because it was just not what my brain was expecting at all. Right. You know, thinking back all the owls that we, that we had, um, we had the great horned owl. It always appeared to be like in size, the biggest. Then we had the barred, excuse me. Then you had the barred owl and the barn, B-A-R-N, those two. Mm Mm-hmm. Depending on which ones we had, they kind of seemed about the same in in way. Maybe the barred owl, the one we had, was maybe a little bigger than our barn. But then moving down, we had these little these little owls. Yeah, and it depends too, male or female. Most females in those bird of prey species are going to be larger. But we're moving into screech owls, and the screech owls were always smaller than any of the other species. Right, and it's just so funny because the screech owls that we had when we talked about gloves, we talked about that earlier. The glove for a screech owl is just a normal leather glove because these screech owls are so tiny. Right. You don't even truly need that. No, but yeah. they're so tiny, they're literally on your finger. So you were just telling the story about landing on your arm, and you kind of gives that picture of how big that bird is is coming and landing on your arm. Whereas these little screech owls, they're on your finger. Just two fingers sticking out. It's just hanging out on your finger because that's just how small and tiny yeah. they were. But when you would when you would bring one of those out, which Almost everybody in in the class or wherever you're at was, it's a baby. It's a baby. Oh, you know, and it, it was like 15 years old. Or right. Something. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was one of our oldest owls yeah. we had. Yeah. But it was just neat because they they thought it was a baby great horned owl, and and that that allowed for us to share and educate more about them. But it also shows us like how cute. I mean. The thing was this soccer or uh, a Caesar. 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 Do you remember though? It'd be on your finger. And it'd be trying to like to stand and get a grip. So it's got its it's got its talon and it's like flexing it and picking it up. And you're like putting your finger in its. It's like it's right there. Yeah. You're standing on it. And then he's still flat. And I'm like, you dummy, just grab my finger. My finger's literally in your talon. Just grab it. And it still just couldn't find it. And he definitely had a uh, he had lower some functioning issues. on yeah. on one side. And so uh, he would be funny because. You'd get him to try to stand upright, and he'd get to lean and over, you know, and you'd kind of have to try to set him back up, and he'd lean over, and uh, it's, it's almost like he'd had too much to drink, honestly, just how he acted. He'd be on your hand, and all of a sudden, just slow motion, just tilt off like he got shot, and then yep. these kids would go, is he dead? <laughs> no, he's nope. just old. <laughs> That's just him, so, but, uh, man, a lot of fun. It, it is neat studying owls and, and seeing really all the cool features they have. And, and, and we've talked before in, in our podcast about how awesome owls are, so check it out. But, you know, the saying, as wise as an old owl, I, I think there's probably some other animals we could probably put in there instead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I hope you've enjoyed our, our stories about working with owls. It was such a privilege, and Ben and I both consider it a blessing to have had those experiences. And uh, hopefully we get to do that uh, again someday. It was really great to share with people. I hope that you have an understanding of why this myth is truly a myth. Owls aren't wise and kind of know the origin of it now back to, to Greek mythology. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love your support financially. Um, we need all the help that we can get to keep this going so we can keep educating and sharing our passions and loves with people. Uh, if you'll click the link on any of our social media accounts, you can go to our Patreon and you can become uh, a monthly financial supporter. We have really small, low options of $5 all the way up to 25 And for $25, we are going to mail you one of our Meant to Be Outdoors hats as well. We'd greatly appreciate that support. Whatever platform that you are listening on, go ahead, hit the automatic download, subscribe, follow. 
Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate all the following, all the listening that everybody is doing. If you have any questions or want to put some podcast topic ideas under our brain, feel free to reach out to us wherever you can. Thank you again for listening. That is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Between now and our next episode, please find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.